This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We are live at Surprise Stadium for Texas Rangers Spring Training, home of the defending world champions. And right now, we bring to you third baseman for the defending world champion Texas Rangers. Ladies and gentlemen, on the Blue Chew hot seat, it is Josh Young. Howdy, sir. What's up? How are you we're doing good, man. Well, except for our awkward sitting situation, this is a small booth. Mike and I are like crotch to crotch here, kind okay. of staring at each other. It. it feels uncomfortable. It looks a little uncomfortable, but we'll make it work. We're in a small if little If you room. had a teammate that you had to sit this close to for four hours, who would that teammate be? I'm going Seeger. Yeah. I mean, we stand pretty close to each other on the left side. That this would just be right up both of our alleys. So, would he probably not want to chat a whole lot either? He just we like, just have a staring competition for however long <laughs> we have to be there. I'm, I'm wearing the Hurtado's hat. Yep. I know that you've got to meet uh, Brandon Hurtado. I know that you've uh, enjoyed their barbecue. Uh, has he taught you anything? Are you learning anything from Brandon Hurtado? We're actually coming out with a little like mini, two little mini recipe things that we did together. I went over there on an off day, or I guess sometime this off season. Uh, we did a little special, so that's coming out here pretty soon. But, but yeah, he's taught me a lot, um, when, and it's pretty cool to learn from him. When you were growing up in San Antonio, did you have a favorite barbecue place there? Favorite? No, we just pick up random stuff. Rudy's, there's a Smoky Mo's around the corner, just kind of whatever was on the way. We'd have one day a week where we got some type of barbecue. Um, I know yeah. I know, probably not because you're a finely tuned professional athlete, but <laughs> did you ever eat the giant Rice Krispie treat from Rudy's? Honestly, I don't think I've had that one from Rudy's. Uh-uh. It looks like if you hit someone in the back of the head, they would go down. It really? It looks like a brick? Ridic- yes, it is. It's not bad. <laughs> I've not had it. I don't know if I sold that well for you, but it's not bad at all. <laughs> how's, uh, how's, how's it going right now in the like defending title portion of it? You do, uh, a lot of the mindset is we can't going to get rid of that season and move on? or 1,000%. That's the main goal, I think, for everybody. Um, last year was great. We accomplished a lot of things um but the biggest thing we did was, was we changed the culture we changed the expectation and so coming in here it's turned the page and let's go it's a new season i mean you've never played a major league baseball season without being the world champs in your career so far <laughs> that's true um let's just do it again yeah. one for one i mean if we stay batting a thousand that'd be pretty good see because i hear what you're saying and we got to move on but 
we have all lived in the Metroplex our entire life, and so I have definitely been lingering on this for a really long time. I think I might have had just as much fun as anybody at the parade that we got to broadcast from. We, we, tr we almost cut Jerry Jones so we could just talk parade stuff. Not like physically, yeah. like yeah, out of yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, like cut him from the show. But instead, when he called in, we pretty much just asked him all Texas Rangers questions. That. And that was literally the only non-Rangers-only parade segment we had the entire show. That's pretty cool. Did you grow up in San Antonio? Did Did you grow up a big football fan? And, and what team did you follow? Was it the Cowboys? <laughs> See, I've never really liked teams. I've always been like a players guy okay. in all sports, so I just follow players. Um, and I was a quarterback growing up, so I followed quarterbacks around. Drew Brees was one of my favorites, Tom Brady. Uh, and now, obviously, Pat Mahomes is, went to the same college, and he's doing what he's doing. Have you got to meet him before? I've met him a couple times. Uh, I wouldn't say we have a great relationship by any means. Yeah. It's more of an impassing thing, but um, it's pretty cool to watch what he's doing, especially for the university. Um, for Texas Tech. Um, I mean, we've got the last three big titles, I guess, one baseball and the last two footballs, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good point. When it comes to third baseman, I think during the playoffs they mentioned you and Brooks Robinson. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering maybe who are the three third basemen that you have loved to follow or current third basemen uh, that you follow? Oh, brother. I mean, I watch everybody because um, I feel like success leaves clues. That's my biggest thing. So watching Arenado, he's got all the gold gloves, all the platinum gloves. So you watch what he does on defense. Chapman was doing it in the AL for a long time, still is. Um, so you watch guys like that, and you try to implement little things into your game. Obviously, I'm not those guys. My body isn't like theirs, but trying to pick up little things that they do, uh, whether it's first step, um, how they get in their ready position, all that kind of stuff. You look at it, you try to implement it into your game. Um, I mean, we even got one down south in Bregman that's pretty good picking the ball over there, too. So just watching them, especially when you, when you play against them. What are they doing between innings? How are they doing their routines? All that kind of stuff. You just try to pick up on little things. But all time, yeah, it's Brooks. I mean, he's got, what, 16, 17 gold gloves? That's pretty cool. You talked about the gold gloves. I'm really curious. I've always been fascinated by the platinum glove because you hear people say, oh, they got this many gold gloves. To win a platinum glove, that feels like that would be amazing. I mean, yeah, you there's, what, two gold glove winners per position, and you're the ultimate guy that year? That's, that's a pretty high honor. What do you think about Corey's philosophy? Sorry, that Major League Baseball is soft by giving out awards to both leagues instead of just combining <laughs> the entire sport like the NFL. The real league. More, it gives us more chance. It gives us more chance <laughs> to win. soft. Sounds a little soft. Hey, I'm taking it. <laughs> okay, fair. I, uh, I, I, this has got to be killing you not being out there because I think we interviewed you whenever you had first gotten here and everything we heard was this dude loves to work. He's the first one out there, last one to leave. And then we saw that work pay off. I mean, like you were amazing last year over there. So this has got to be really tough kind of sitting on the sidelines watching everything happen. <laughs> it's <right> always <laughs> tough. But if I'm going to get my one out of the way for the year, I'm really glad it's right now. <laughs> yes. yes. For sure. Did you make sure to take the elevator up and not the stairs? We did take the elevator today. I nice. mean, I can walk up the stairs. I'm good to do that now. But, yeah, we did take the elevator. A little stress. I've been little stress. I've been asking this to, to pretty much everybody because – We've never quite seen a manager like Bruce Bochy, like in, in the, the success y'all had last year immediately. And Kevin can like kind of looks at him as like Yoda. Uh, I look at him as your neighbor who just knows how to fix everything and always has great advice. What's your like feeling on, on what, how his management style and, and how he uh, came in here and fixed the Rangers and made them champions in one year? I mean, he just let us play, and that's the biggest thing. He just lets you play. He instills that confidence in you. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, you look at him and he's he's got the pedigree, he's got the resume, right? But he just lets you play. And even when people were struggling the lineup until the until the very end of the season, it didn't change at all, really. Um, and that's what you just look at and you're like, wow, he instills that confidence in you because he's like, you know what, you're over 30, screw it, you're still back in the five hole playing third base. Like, I don't care, you're going to figure it out. Um, and I think that's why you saw our success early, especially when we had some injuries um, early on in the season. The lineup really didn't change that much. The guys would step in, play their role, and we were just rolling. This can be an hour answer, and I know we don't have this time, but I talk about the generalities of being a pitcher and you guys shrinking the strike zone on me, or I can expand the strike zone on you somewhat based off of the count. But what are you thinking early on in the count, an 0-0 count, a 1-0 count, an 0-1 count? What are kind of maybe your thoughts when you get into that batter's box early on in the, in the count? I can't give all my secrets away. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, can't give them all away. But, um, but, I mean, when I'm stepping in, it depends on, it depends on who we're facing. That's, that's truly it. And then the situ- for me, the situation dictates a bunch. Um, I've got some power, but that's not the main part of my game. So it's – how can I move runners? How can I do all that kind of stuff? And I want to do that by hitting the ball to the gap, truly. Um, I'm not going to go up there and bunt somebody over or, you know, I don't hit backside b- a bunch. But it's it's really stepping into the box and you just kind of analyze it all. Um, so wherever I'm at, usually five, six, seven hole, I'm trying to turn the lineup over. And that's my main goal. So how do I do that? It just depends on what the situation is. So depending on who's on the mound, depending on what's going on in the game, where we're at. I mean, if guys are going up there swinging at the first pitch, you know, I'm going to take one. Uh, or take to like a strike or something like that, but it, it it's a it's a full team approach. So like just for me individually, it's just taking what the first guys ahead of me do and try to try to keep that rolling because if that's working for them, and we just keep doing it, it's a relentless approach, and pitchers have a hard time with that. Did you notice a difference on how you got pitched maybe the second half of the season? As from my perspective, if I was facing you the first time, I'm gonna maybe go more with my strengths, and then work off of see what you do off of me. Did you notice anything different as you faced a guy a second or a third time in your career? Still trying to get there, truly. Because yeah. um, I'll go into a game and it's like, hey, I've got two at-bats off this guy. Um, but, yeah, I, we always kind of say we have a copycat league. So, like, if one team has success doing something against you, the next team's probably going to do the same thing. Um, and that's where you got to make adjustments and you start playing that cat-and-mouse game, playing chess, trying to, you know, do all the different things. And it can get complicated quickly. But, um Truly, it's it's going up there and just trying to take the take the information that he's giving you. Like you're facing five silver sluggers ahead of me for the most part. Like if how you're going to pitch them is probably how you're going to pitch me. Um, and just adding that depth to the lineup because one through nine, I feel like especially during the postseason, the the approach we had was was incredible. Um, I mean, we were really giving it a hard time for that pitcher to do anything until Gallon kind of, even when Gallon was perfect aiming us there, it was just insane how our approach didn't change. We were still doing the exact same thing, and it felt like we were applying all that pressure. So, I mean, it's just, it's a day-to-day thing. Depends on what the pitcher's got, how he's throwing, what he's throwing, and you just kind of go from there. Yeah, I was looking at that last game when you guys win it all, and my father pitched in the major leagues, and he called me up and goes, man, it just feels like we're losing this game. And I said, yeah, but it's zero to zero. Arizona has had five opportunities in five innings Nothing, to score, yeah. and they have not scored. If the Rangers can break through and score a run or two, that is going to demoralize that Arizona dugout that they've had all these opportunities. And Evaldi See, was able I felt to... like we were winning. 
truly. It felt like we were winning. Um, I mean, we were getting perfect games, but at the same time, like, Evo had all those opportunities, and he had the Houdini act where he was just like, I'm out of it. It felt like we were winning <laughs> be because fun. that was demoralizing for them. First inning, no run. Second inning, no run. Third inning, no run. He's out of all of them. That's demoralizing for an offense. Because you're like, man, we can't break through. Those guys can't even get a hit today, and we can't even score. Um, so that's what's demoralizing. And then, obviously, late in the game, we broke through with the Garver single, and then we ended up putting a couple more in the ninth, and that's what really kind of sealed it. But, but yeah, I felt like we were winning the whole game. Since we are in Arizona, is it rude that I may or may not have seen people wearing Diamondback hats? And I would be like, hey, did, did you guys win that World Series? Or? That is kind of rude. Uh, it <laughs> is. It is kind of tough. Right. Yeah, they were nice. They, because, the hey, they won the pennant. Yeah. They won the their same pennant. Same people did to us in 2011. I'm still bitter about that. Hey, but I guess I should let it go. Whatever works. I'll, I'll you say can it, let it go now. Yeah, that's Monkeys true. Monkey's off your back. You're I'll good. say it for Josh. It's not like they're the Astros, dude. Like, dude, come on, man. Like, they were nice. They were okay. It's, they're, not, they're not that team. <laughs> How well do you know Davis Wenzel? Because we got a chance to talk with him this morning, and obviously there are reasons that people would link you guys together. I'm curious. We are we are linked together in ways many people don't know. Okay, care to? We were co Big Twelve Big Twelve Players of the Year. Yep. Okay, so that's how we're linked. We were the first two picks by the Rangers yep. in 19. Um, obviously, we both played the Big Twelve. Uh, we both played college in Texas. I mean, there's a lot of things, but yeah, we're really close. We're good buddies. Do you? look at the progress or I, I, I don't know because I, we're all happy for you but at the same time you guys would theoretically be on a parallel path but that's not quite where you are do you guys talk about that or you're really close and you're like no we talk about just other stuff not necessarily baseball stuff we talk about everything um but yeah I mean coming through the minor leagues we were just praying to play together truly because we loved playing on the left side together um and it would never fail. One of us would get hurt. And then, as soon as that one person came back, the other person would get hurt. And we were always just like, dang it, bro. We can't figure this out. Um, but when it comes to that, too, like, we, we're super close. When it comes to all that stuff, we just bounce ideas off each other. We're, like, legit best friends. So the competition aspect of it when we step on the field is we want to be um, as competitive as possible. But as soon as, like, we step off. I mean, even when we're in practice, we're having a great time. We know that every rep's competitive, but at the same time, it's like, that's my best friend, too. I think right now his interview was a little bit better. So Love it. Oh, wow. You need Good to for compete him. for that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, Mike uh, pointed out the other day, he's like, not many people have uh, are forced to talk to each other for 20 hours a week like we are uh, and and don't fight <laughs> oh. that often. Yet we don't fight that often. We're, we have a pretty good family-type relationship. And you guys are in, like, y'all are in life together. Uh, you, like, I think I saw Nate Evaldi was like, just like everybody else, we spend more time with each other than we do with families a lot of times because we're traveling and all that. Right. And that's, that's got to be, it's, it's, it's a weird thing that you can't define, but somehow just works out, it feels like. Yeah, and that's where the chemistry in the locker room means everything. Because you can have the best players in the world, but if they don't gel in the locker room, it's probably not going to work out at the end of the day. You'll win games, but it's just not going to work. And that's where I think last year was where we took a bunch of strides, truly, as an organization, was that clubhouse was inseparable. Uh, it didn't matter what we were going through. We were all together. We were all each other's corner. Uh, we were all rooting for each other. And, I, I mean, you hear all the stories about how we played cards all year and how that was kind of like our thing down the stretch, and that's – I mean, that's that's truly the clubhouse vibe we had is what helped us win. Now, we saw you at the Dallas Card Show, a lot of people in line to get your autographs. But after you were done, you went into the show and we yeah. saw you ripping packs. <laughs> so are you how big of a collector are you in uh, the card world? I love it. I love it. I like collecting myself. 
that's probably my my PC is pretty much all myself. But I also love to rip wax and just and get some cases and rip them open and. I love it. I got to figure out what to do with all these cards because I probably have way too many just sitting in my closet that I could, you know, it could it could help my investment on my own cards if I <laughs> turned them around. But but I love I love cards. It's been a big part of my life. Um, my dad's got a big collection of Brooklyn Dodgers stuff, and he kind of started awesome. it. And like if we got all A's in school and didn't get in trouble or anything, it was like okay on Saturday we went to Toys R Us and we'd get like uh, this. It was a random box that just had all kinds of cards in it. Yes. And, and that was like the thing. And then if we were really lucky, we'd go to the card shop and I'd go pick out my favorite players, A-Rod. I'd try to go find all the A-Rod cards I could and you, have fun that way. Are you collecting your brother or are you leaving that to your brother? I have a couple of his cards. I have a couple. I'm waiting to see if they actually come out with stuff of both of us. They actually came out with one card. It's called the Family Tree card. There's a couple of them. Like um, the Seegers, I'm assuming? The Seegers aren't on this one. It's like Matt and Jackson, Holiday. Okay. okay. Um, it's the Joneses. Uh, and then us, and there's a couple others, but it's pretty cool. But there's one, and I got a couple of them off eBay. It was pretty cool. You should ask this fella how much he spent on Evan Carter cards this uh -oh. week. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> you're running it up. Yeah. My there's, eBay's there's going crazy too. There. So there's a comma in there. Uh -oh. if that, if is that, that a good? Is that a good investment? You think? I mean, did you see him play last year? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yesterday he went 400 feet on John Gray. Oh wow! Uh, third pitch, or no, it was a two-one count, and I was like. It's interesting because he's long, right? He doesn't look like a power guy. His body doesn't look like a power guy. But then I see that at 21 years old, I'm like, dude, that's over 400 feet in the that's gap deep. right there. And it was, it was kind of like Raphael Palmero smooth too. It wasn't like a, like, oh, I'm going after it. It's just like a smooth swing. Got off. He's the a bat. very gifted hitter, and he helps us out a bunch. Yeah. I can't wait to see him do it again. Don't worry. When we talk to Evan Carter, we'll ask him questions about you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. Thank, thank, yeah. thank you very much, Josh. <laughs> I appreciate it. I also appreciate you signing the two baseballs that we'll have going up for our auction in November. Thank you very yep, much. Good no sir. problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Young right here on your home at the Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.